Welcome to episode 19 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. On Stageworthy, I interview people who make theater actors, directors, playwrights, and more, and talk to them about everything from why they chose the theater to their work process and anything in between. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use, and consider leaving a comment or rating. Guys, I'm trying not to freak out, but my solo show, The Commandment, starts rehearsals next week. The Commandment is going to premiere at the Hamilton Fringe Festival in Hamilton, Ontario in July. And if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, you'll be hearing a lot about that as the summer goes on. This is my first solo play, so it's a bit frightening. But, you know, the good kind, not the bad kind. This episode is Jason Maganoy and Daniel Paget. Jason's play Hangman plays this month at Toronto Storefront Theatre. Hangman follows the story of a man condemned to die for crimes of unspeakable savagery and a man hell-bent on justice. Hangman is a western with no moral compass and no easy answers, and it opens May 13th and runs till May 29th. Again, that's at Toronto's Storefront Theatre. Tell me about Hangman. It, yeah. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> All right. So please do so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I know, no. Right? I'm right just like, just like going at it. Because <laughs> no, listen, listen. The, the thing is, the one thing I find is that I don't, I don't want you to, and now giving it away. I don't like to <laughs> give you the opportunity to get your on me interviewed a uh, hat yeah. on because yeah. I want, I want you to. Yeah. <clears throat> be unguarded. Well, <laughs> Dan's not going to have a problem with that. The wine will help with that. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, the tea will get you jazzed <laughs> up you so want, you can. You want wine, you let me know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Hangman. Um, yeah. Tell me about uh, about what that is. Well, uh, Jason approached me with the script almost like a year ago. Uh, a year ago now, like it was a, it was a while ago. Um, uh, and he 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 was just sort of like. Hey, uh, like I, I like your work. Um, here's the script that I have. Uh, just check it out. Like it was, it was very just sort of like, hey, like do you want to read this script? And so I read it and I really liked it. And um, right around the time that I had finished reading it, uh, the storefront uh, was uh, looking for projects, and so I just sort of mm. tossed it at them. I just sort of was like, uh, hey, um, like it was like a really last minute application. I was just sort of like. Um, uh, read the script um, and picture it with me directing it. And uh, uh, does that sound like something that you guys want? Um, but uh, it's 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 a beautiful play. Um, it's uh, it's highly poetic. It is um, it is I think. And <laughs> Jason and I actually haven't talked about this. I think. Oh, this is going to be great then. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I, I think it's sort of about outsider culture. Like it's 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 very much about um, about how we uh, we um, will treat people as though they are outsiders and then blame them for being for acting like outsiders, mm. essentially. Uh, and, um, and it's dealt with in a very harsh, very brutal way. Um, and and that's sort of what drew me drew me to it in the first place was that it it um, it's. It's poetic, but still very honest, uh, if that makes mm. any sense. 
<laughs> it's, it's funny because like, I mean, what what inspired it was um, this. There was this uh, there's this town in Pennsylvania right. where there's a there's a coal fire that's been burning underneath the town since the '60s. So basically, it's like it's like I think the, I think the town is called Centralia, Pennsylvania, or something. And it's just, yeah. it's just basically it's a never-ending fire. So hmm. that image was like, well, I loved that idea. I loved the idea of sort of this coal fire just burning forever, and I just loved. And then basically, it was that like the town gets condemned. And then, like, everyone has to leave except for these three people who just stay, and they just want to live there still. Hmm. And I was like, man, who are those guys? <laughs> who are those three dudes? It's like, nope, stay in. Yeah, and why, and why, what is it about? So what is it about for me? So that, that was one image that started it. Mm-hmm. And the next image was this idea of sort of uh, community, this idea of, like, you know, how do you build a community? Um, you know, what does it mean to build a community? What does it mean for a community to change? Um, and the violence associated with that, and it was funny because I, I I remember when I was um, when I was when I started developing the play, I started developing at the Tarragon. I was in the, the playwrights unit, and when I first started writing the play there, I was like, oh man, Tarragon will never do this play. They're never gonna do this play. So maybe I should just do a play they will do. So I was like taking out my dinner party plays and you know, <laughs> taking out my taking out you know my midlife my, my midlife crisis play <laughs> and I was, as I was having one which are all great Terragon. they're great and they're I love them wonderful. they're fantastic <laughs> and then my agent was like no no just like write the play you want to write and, and, and be there because it's a very freeing environment you have access to so just <clears throat> be free mm-hmm. so I just had a chance to sort of write and it's so true like in terms of just the, the the world and the poetry and seeing what Danny's doing with it it's just like man like um there's just so it, it's a really it seems so big it just seems really big this yeah. place and then sort of seeing how they're engaging it and, and they're they're making it even bigger for me <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm like that's that's incredibly exciting as a, as a playwright to right. see that could I ask you about um <clears throat> that feeling that you had when you were at, at the playwright unit that you felt like you couldn't write the thing that you wanted we just out of curiosity, what was it that was making you feel that way? Was it? Um, do you think it was something you were doing to yourself that you thought Tarragon only does this sort of thing, or did you think you had to write for Tarragon? Or yeah, I mean, it, it was funny because I mean, you know, you know, I looked. I was in the I was in the unit in their like 2011 mm-hmm. 12 season, right? So I was like, you know, I just I wanted to be done there. I wanted to be produced yeah. there. So it's like when I was invited to the unit, you know, I was. When I was invited to the unit, I was so thrilled. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, like this is this is my shot <coughs> right. to 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 do that. And You're like it, Hamilton. Yeah, You're like uh, Hamilton. yeah. I was I was at a Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, it was like you know, um, and then it was sort of like I, and I just I, I thought I I had an idea of what they were interested in, right. so I felt I had to do that, even though that wasn't the point mm-hmm. of being in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like, and and at the end, it was sort of like you know, in the end, what happened. Over the course of the writing process for the play, it's sort of like yeah, Tarragon didn't do it; they they passed on the show. But um, just what I ended up with after that process mm. was great because I just sort of let go of that expectation of trying right. to write my way into a season or change my voice or change who I was to try yeah. to get onto a season. Mm. Yeah, and, it, and that felt and that feeling that that felt really good and that actually helped strengthen yeah this play. Yeah, great. I always find for like. Keeping in mind the process is like sometimes so so difficult because you often think, oh, the end result and and the end result, Tarragon doing the show, but the process gets you an excellent play, right? Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> I've talked with 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 Dan a little bit 
previously with Sex T-Rex about his theater background a little bit. We can get a little bit more because that was in a big room full of people. <laughs> um, so I'd like to start with you, Jason. What's your theater background? What what drew you to, to theater? You know, it's it's funny because like in, you know, I, I, I would write, I wrote plays, I just wrote stuff, I was a writer, mm -hmm. I would say. I wrote, I wrote, wrote various things. words, you various words, words and sentences, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I went, and then basically I went to, I went to, I went to school for player, and I went to National Theatre School, hmm. and then I came to Toronto, and then just started basically doing, you know, the festival route, and, and hmm. doing, getting my work done, and had a lot of great opportunities through the established theaters in the city and yeah. and then I've just sort of um, that, that, that's, that, that's like the vaguest thing <laughs> I, I literally write plays no we're good we're good, okay, cool. we're good. oh panic okay <laughs> <coughs> oh, that fear of a time anyway <laughs> wearing a Doctor Who shirt talking about a time warp anyway um yeah, so I, yeah, so I just I I I I just worked in I've worked in the theater as a playwright, just mm -hmm. doing the festival circuit, and I've been in residence at, at Cahoots Theater Company mm -hmm. and Passmerai and Young People's Theater, and yeah, it's working through the establishment. Through <laughs> so you, you went to National Theater School. Um, where were you before that? Were you in Montreal? Or I was in you? Montreal. Yeah? so I went to I went to McGill, and I did English Lit and Poli Sci at McGill, and then. Um, when I I remember and I, and I, I, I always love telling this anecdote because it's the greatest anecdote of my life. Um, I remember I was uh, when I when I applied to National Theater School, um, you know I applied and then I, and then I was like wondering if I was going to get in. It's, it, it was something that I really I was trying to do. I also wanted to, to graduate and travel and go to a, go somewhere else. Um, and then I remember I got home from like I was out one day and I went and I checked my messages. And the first message was Anne Lambert, who ran the playwriting program at NCS, and she mm -hmm. was like, "Hello, Jason. We would love for you to come in for an interview uh, for she, a play." She British? No, she's not. I just, <laughs> I just, I just added that because it's National Theatre. Like, oh yeah, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to go in. And I was like, and I was like, oh boys, and I was, I was with my roommates, and I was like, going, guys, man, I'm blowing up, I'm blowing up, I'm huge. And the next call was Diego Manamoros. And he was like, hello, Jason, and calling from a company called Soul Pepper. We're, we're new and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, because I had sent them a play. I had sent, a play to, um, I had sent them a play through one of my dramaturgs at NTS, mm -hmm. Claudia Day, who was working with, I think, Martha Burns at the time, and she was a, she's a founder there. Right, so right. I get these two messages, and I'm like going, oh, boys, doesn't matter where I go, I'm blowing up. <laughs> and it was just ridiculous. And I remember I did my, and then I, I, when I did my interview at NTS, I graduated from McGill. And right after I graduated, I had my interview. So I went right. in my graduation suit. I went, to the, <laughs> I went, I went to the interview. And the first question they asked me was, "So like, um, they're like, so why do you write plays?" And my answer was like, uh, "Because I'm good at it, or something, <laughs> or like, oh yeah, no, because uh, because I'm good at it, or something like, I can. yeah, because, yeah because, because I said that because I can and I'm good at it." And I remember after I said that, I was like, "Oh my god, Jay, you bombed! You literally, this interview's over. <laughs> you bombed!" And one person like looked at me like, "Oh, who is this guy?" And kind of like just stopped speaking to me. And then I became friendly, and then I started doing my interview. And I laughed. I was like, "Oh man, I totally got into that school." <laughs> so it was like, it's like. So it was just funny. It was like sort of like you know, I wanted to go, and I ended up going. And, and then when I came out to Toronto, it was just like just diving right into to the scene here yeah. and, and getting a chance to, to to work here. It's been really great. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so, were you somebody who uh, wrote a lot of plays when they were a kid? Were you? Did you? 
were you interested in theater as a kid or was that a recent was that more of an adult thing that you, that you yeah it was more of an adult thing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know I, I, I yeah more of an adult thing and even even now it's like do I even like writing plays <laughs> <laughs> it's like half the time I'm writing a play and I'm like damn it's sunny outside <laughs> I should just go out there that's you great wine <laughs> <laughs> I kind of know what you mean because I I have to admit I love I love writing plays yeah the first draft after that Oh, I it's, have to fix it. Yeah, I, that's what I. The have. editing, the yeah. work, the like, the all actual the, work. All the, the actual know, work. Like, that's <laughs> the fun stuff. The first fun draft, stuff, you're like, yeah, I yeah, made this thing. Fuck, I did a yeah. thing. You know, great. Absolutely. But, you know, after that, you actually have to make it a thing that people can watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys knew each other before, or were you total strangers when you walked up to Dan? And we like uh, vaguely knew each other, but yeah. not much. We, yeah, only by reputation, really. We met like once. Once I was at, I oh was my gosh. I was at the bar yes. today. I was at the bar that we were, that we were at. When we met yes, where we took it was it was the uh, it was the uh, the hair of the dog. Yes, oh man, on church and like it was literally I don't, I don't even remember what what it was. It was a book launch. And it was a book. Yes. Yeah, it was and, for and Danny performed Cat yeah. Cat Sandler's monologue from Help Yourself that night. Yeah, and then yeah. we went to then we went to Baron Dog and or not Baron Dog uh, Hair of the Dog. Yeah. And uh, and that was like the one time that we met, and then the like, one time, then ne- then the next time it was like, hey, let's play. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's crazy because there was a photo of that night. Yeah, and the photo of the night is is Danny, Cat Sandler, myself, and Jordan Tannen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's the most famous theater photo. We had no idea that we were all gonna blow up the way that we did. <laughs> it's like you didn't know then. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. So, yeah. We're that selling autographs of that. We're selling. <laughs> Selling autograph cops. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. Right? Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I forgot that Tannehill was there. Yeah. yeah Tannehill was there. It was phenomenal. It yeah. was just like, and that was great because that was a great initiative. It was at Buddies. It was at Buddies. It was, yeah. it was uh, the, I can't remember the name of the book was, uh, uh, but it was like, it was all Toronto playwrights. Yeah. You know what? Like I know the book. I know the book. Is it on the shelf? You probably have it. It's called Toronto Voices. Toronto Voices. Yes. Uh, I know I had it at one point. There was one point where I did a very painful book purge, so it may have been purge. Oh, man. Oh, no, man. Oh. Uh, you threw away one that had, had like hard hitting, riveting content <laughs> for me second. and Wait Pat and Jordan no. and Danny. Like, no. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. There were a lot of books <laughs> that I put out on the curve. I just think about it's it. Is not that I set the book free. <laughs> Someone else is out, enjoying it somewhere. I put the book in the laundry room where people pick oh up books. And somebody found the book. I'm not making it any better. No better. I'm, I'm waiting for the day that I find that book in like my own laundry room. Like, and it's <laughs> like my roommate. It's Alec uh, that threw it out or something. Like that. the same book. Like, it's like, Rick and B, what the fuck? Book. What that is so fantastic. <laughs> I love that That's, so much. This is the most embarrassing moment. Uh, not actually, but uh, close. Um, we talked a little bit about the themes of the play. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the story of the play or, or like what... What is this? Yeah, it's about? it's interesting. It's a total antihero story. Like it's it's it, it's um it's about uh, this this guy named uh, named Alistair who uh, he's uh, he's a serial killer. He uh, he's he's killed a bunch of people, um, and he's set to hang. And um, the the interesting thing about it is that like is that is that at the beginning of the play, 
it's very sort of black and white about who's the bad guy and who's the good guy, and uh, and throughout the play, um, that sort of dissolves a little bit, mm. uh, and that dissolves from the perspective of the audience, but also from the f- perspective of all of the characters, mm. um, because uh, there's this whole and like you know, Hangman. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> um, uh, there's this like this idea of like of capital punishment of retribution and of and of, and of all this and and uh, it, it starts to get to a point where where people are where characters in the play are saying well w- what am I doing that's different from what this guy did mm-hmm. essentially um, and uh, to to go a little bit off topic with it, um, <laughs> when I read the when I first read the play was it, it was during Ferguson it was during okay. the whole Ferguson okay. shit yeah. and uh, and then like since then it's been like Ferguson it's been Syrian refugees it's been like it's it, there, there's been a lot of cases where people are making the excuse of of, of authorities have done what they need to do right. um, uh, and uh, and and that is sort of. Uh, it's not something that I've really like imposed on the play. It's just something that I've been thinking about while, while I've been while I've been uh, working on the play. Uh, is this idea of well, they did what they need to do to keep mm-hmm. people safe. They did what they need to do, and it's a, the means justifying the ends uh, sort of uh, sort of ideas that uh, uh, that happen when you're saying like, oh well, like I had to do this violent thing because somebody else did a violent thing and I had to stop right. them, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, um. That's sort of the rhetoric that the play descends into: is 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 does do two wrongs make a right? Do do uh, do my actions counter his actions, or am I just perpetuating this cycle of violence? Mm. Um, uh, when in fact, mercy is like the is, and mercy is a thing that's talked about a lot in the play as well. Uh, is is a thing that is the one the one thing that nobody ever thinks to to use, but the one thing that could end a cycle of violence. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a plot, right? That's, that's <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> yes, yes. It no, essentially, it's 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 yeah. about it's about this guy, uh, this guy uh, who who uh, killed a bunch of people in the town, um, who is hung, um, and his neck is broken, and he uh, is um, left under the gallows mm. uh, to, uh, to to rot. Essentially, nobody knows that he's that he's died. And then there's uh, um, another criminal that comes along and finds him, and uh, they sort of seek retribution or um, uh, solace mm. in each other. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a really interesting sort of like twisted Shrek donkey tale. Hmm. Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I use the term Shrek and donkey a lot in rehearsal. <laughs> um, how do you feel about uh, the use of uh, Shrek and Donkey uh, to describe uh, your play? Yeah, I mean, I it's an incredible film. It's, incre- <laughs> it's, it's an incredible it film, but also like, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it 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 the it, it it's great to sort of and again, it's 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 the the creative process, you know, whatever whatever these guys are doing, just yeah. keep doing what they're doing, you yeah. know. Are you going to a lot of rehearsals, or are you just going? Like, have you been to rehearsals? Or are you just waiting? Like for I said, the... this is, this is actually like kind of the first time that we've talked about it since we started rehearsing. Uh, <laughs> so this is where we you were supposed to. That could literally happen. Because <laughs> it's funny because I was thinking like 
you know, I find that like you know, especially if if I'm I'm very comfortable with what the play is in terms of the draft. Yeah. So I think it's actually really helpful for me not to be there. Yeah. You know, I find that like you know having some playwright guy sitting in the corner like looking perplexed twenty four seven. It's not conducive to like a really good process. And at the end, I just like I want I when and so that's the thing. I when I when when when. The thing with, with Storefront is that like these guys, this community, this great independent theater com- indie, like this indie community they've created is 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 driven. It's creative. It's it's amazing. So like, I don't I, I don't have to help. Right? <laughs> I don't have to do anything. These guys these guys are 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 fine. So it's like if I'm there, I'm just gonna. I, I feel like me not being there is actually helpful because I would just muck it up. Right? Actually, I'm thinking, you know. So many times when you're working on a play, you don't have the, the, the ability to contact the playwright. Right. And so you have to decide in the room, in the rehearsal hall, what does this mean? Yeah. Which is kind of one of the great exploration processes. And it's kind of a cheat to be able to go to the playwright and say, so what does it mean? Totally. Whereas the, instead of having the actors find their meaning. Absolutely. Like, uh, um, uh, I, the, the past two plays that I've directed have been by playwrights that I haven't been able to contact. Uh, I did a Carol Churchill play, and then I did a Claudia Day play. Um, and Claudia Day came to see the show, but but beforehand, wow. she, and and the thing is, I added something Fantastic. huge to to Trout. Like I, I added a new character to Trout Stanley. Um, so uh, with and and so Claudia came and saw the, the play, and she came up to the actor Dan Janot, who played uh, the narr- my narrator character, mm. and she she said, "Oh, hello, surprise human." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but she you know like she got it, she understood. And um, and uh, uh, that's sort of like it's that's sort of my bag with with directing is like I, I want to do a take on the play like I want I, I don't want to just be like here is a, a, a really formal staged reading of it like I don't want to be like here's exactly what you could just read and imagine yeah. right um, here uh, and uh, and and I appreciate the trust that you've that you've given me uh, <laughs> because uh, I'm doing some weird shit with it <laughs> with, the, with this I love, play. I love hearing that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you be ready to uh, no. be ready to put on your like yeah that's great face. I'm, no, not, no. I'm not adding any characters this time. But, uh... <laughs> it's funny because I mean, and for me, it's like it's also this thing where it's like, you know, I was I was an extremely different writer back then. Right. I'm a, a very different writer now. So like, you know, I w- I would just sit in that rehearsal room and be like, man, I, sh- I should rewrite that monologue mm. and make it rewrite it. But then yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. but. But that's the monologue. Yeah. yeah. If Jay now rewrites it, it'll be like one line and like crappy or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like right. you just you. It's sort of like there's something about this voice mm-hmm. that I that is really uh, exciting to yeah. me because it's like I'm meeting this dude again for the first time and then seeing these these great imaginations and the great casting that Danny's done mm-hmm. and the concepts and the vision. It's like, yeah, man. Like I'm. I'm good with all that, so yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, it just um, uh, that's uh, that's a thing that I, I I I just really like about directing is challenges mm-hmm. and 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 find like finding a monologue where you're like, if I was in the room with the writer. I would be like, can we change this? Can we change this? The only couple of things that we change is because I because I, I, I cross cast one of the characters, mm-hmm. and so I uh, I was like, hey Jason, can we change these pronouns? Basically, and he right. said no. I was outraged. <laughs> outraged. How dare you? No. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. yeah. 
Um, he, uh, yeah, he hit me in the head with a bottle. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a no, it was, it was fine. Yeah. Oh my God, he just keeps them around. I can't wait to see <laughs> that freaking chair because it's gonna be right. Come it's on, be fucking awesome. Breakaway chair. Uh, it, no, there's no breakaway chair. Um, it's a surprise. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but yeah, uh, like like I, a lot of the work that I have done in theater before I started directing mm-hmm. was in new works. Right. Um, I, I dramaturged uh, uh, a lot of uh, Cat Sandler's works and and, uh, and I've worked mm-hmm. with a, a lot of like new works uh, uh, with Circle Snake. I, I've, I've helped uh, create new works. And the fallback, the, the easy out is, is usually, ah, this isn't working, let's just change it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas... And one thing that I that I've learned that I've taken from this that I've translated to the work that I'm still doing with with that, um, uh, is try to make it work for as long as possible unless it's, unless unless you're like no something's fundamentally wrong, uh, and uh, and sometimes you'll get really interesting decisions out of that, and sometimes you get like really interesting choices, and and sometimes you'll get some of the most the most interesting parts of your play out of challenges yeah. you know um yeah because in a lot of cases you can't change it like absolutely if it's not a new work yeah you can't change it the first so. play that i did was the fucking striker it was it, 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 this carol churchill play where like the opening oh. monologue is is herder boast beast or roast beef eater uh daughter could spin span spick and span the lowest form of wheat straw into gold like that's like like what is that what is that you yeah. know and uh, and we just had to like, that, those are the lines those are the lines <laughs> and oh so we God. had to be like alright let's make that make sense you, okay uh, <laughs> we did we did um, wow. uh, and but that's the thing is like it's phenomenal is like that's like uh, that was the reason that I did that play was because I I, I, I had seen it uh, like five years prior and I had read it a bunch of times and so yeah. I, I had analyzed it enough that I, that I was like I think I know what voice this play has, right. um, but uh, but that's the thing is like is like we found I think uh, in that play like we found like this like magic that was like sort of hidden in this play that a lot of people would just gloss over. That every review that I read about Scriker, like previous productions of Scriker, was oh this opening monologue in gibberish, like in and they, they everybody talks about it in gibberish. Yeah. And it's like it's it, like what we did was we we mined it and we we made it into a story, and. That's an extreme version of that, but um, but like I think that with with all plays, it's like give the text a chance, yeah. you know. Yeah. Don't blame the text on your inability to <laughs> to to, mm. to to seek things out, you know. Yeah. When when you had uh, when you added the character um, to the to the play, you had the character to yeah, and the playwright came to see it. Yeah. <clears throat> aside from <laughs> uh, uh, referring to the surprise human, did. Did they react to that at all? Did they? Okay. Well, here's the thing: is I wasn't there. I, I showed up. I showed up like I was working that night, mm-hmm. and so I so I showed up uh, right as she was leaving, as Claudia mm-hmm. Day was leaving, and uh, so all I got was like, she seemed to be in a good mood. <laughs> That's all I knew. I, well, what I did was the thing is I didn't add any lines. I added okay. in this character, and 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 that character spoke her stage directions, which if you've ever read okay. Trout Stanley. Her stage directions are fucking gold. They're gold. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Uh, and uh, and there are jokes that she wrote into that play, which are only in the stage directions. Like, the, the timing of them mm-hmm. and the wording of them 
it's like when you're reading it, you're like, oh, I get that joke, but how do, how does that translate to no. when it's on stage? Interesting. And so I I was like, I don't want to lose that, and so that's why that's why okay. I, I kept the stage directions, um, and and so I I wasn't really like. What I was doing you was not like, lines. You didn't, exactly. Like, wasn't I, I wasn't. There. I wasn't right. taking a square peg and putting it around a hole. I was like, yeah. oh, she also wrote these words. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would like the people to see those words. Yeah. You know. Because wow. I know that there's there's been a bunch of instances in the states, and I don't know about, about here, but where people got the rights to do a show, and then like somebody did a uh, little shop of horrors, and was like, you know, what would be great is if we had some Rocky Horror Picture Show in here as well, and right. basically like insert stuff that was never there <laughs> right. into this play. Um, and of course, the the, yeah. the the rights holder would go no, yeah, and take away the rights to do it. Yeah, um, this is obviously not that. I had a concern for a second when you mentioned <laughs> it. The playwright came to see it and was putting on like a brave well, face. Well, ap- no, well, apparently, apparently, wow. and this is this I found out much later is is that is that uh, our producers were contacted by the playwright's agent. Um, who hadn't really talked to the playwright, uh, and oh, okay. and so the agent was like, "Oh, you can't do that. I heard about this." And then the player was like, "No, it's, it's fine." Okay, um, cool. I wow. think that's what happened. If not, I'm sorry, Claudia Day. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't sue me oh anymore than you could already. Um, uh, wow. But what, what the, the like thing was, it's like I what I was putting on stage were the words that she wrote in the yes. script. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, and in in no way was I. Uh, I don't think that I was disrespecting yeah. her words. I, I, I think that I, 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 I was like, I really like this part. I would yeah. like more people to see this part as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like putting, putting Rocky Horror shows, show, uh, yeah, Rocky yeah, Horror yeah. show like yeah. songs into yeah. Little Shop Horrors is just like, I want uh, like I, that reeks of like to me somebody who is probably producing and in the show. Uh, um, uh, and it's like really you know what I really like this it. song and I'd love to sing it yeah, um, love so. it I don't know whoever did that show wow. I'm sure it was great no they took uh, a lot of crap so, <laughs> yeah probably justified so. yeah but, um, in terms of you Jason you were talking earlier about the desire to rewrite something that you wrote years ago um, do you uh, do you ever revisit or are you content to just sort of finish something and, re- and like once it's done just leave it and not well, that's the thing. I've 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 <clears throat> I've done that before. Like I've I've rewritten stuff before, and sometimes it's worked out, mm. and other times it literally is like, um, I I think it's sort of like a it's a process thing. It's like when I'm writing a play, it's sort of like if it there's this feeling I get when I when I when I don't believe it or I don't like it. It's just a, it's a feeling I get in my like my chest or my mm-hmm. stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it feels weird. Yeah. So then I'm like, ooh. And then I remember like when I one of the plays that I did was called Gas, and it was about the Iraq War. And I remember I saw the production of that. We did it in Banff. Right. So when I was in Banff for the Playwrights Colony, I was there for like 10 days. I had like access to all these resources, and I messed the play up. Like I literally was just like I was uh, – there was I felt so much pressure to be this really great writer right. at Banff. And you know, I remember I, I was sitting at a table, and Alistair McLeod was sitting beside me. And I'm like, oh, my God, hello, Mr. McLeod. And like, I have a British accent. I'm like, hello, Mr. McLeod. And, and you know, oh, I love the chicken fingers. And I was just like, my God. So I, I, my play was really messed up after Banff, I felt, because I didn't believe any of it. Right. And then I remember, like, I, I, I watched the production of it in Montreal, and there's this one section in the play which was, it killed me every time I watched it because it was just, it felt so fake to huh. me. And I was like, this is whole, like, I can't deal with this. Mm. 
And the thing is, like, usually I would just, I could go back and just rewrite it. Yeah. And just for my own sanity. And <laughs> so I went, well, it sits on my computer. It's being seen by no one. At least I know in my like, no, belly this, this that this section is okay. <laughs> but I needed to see it. And then I remember, so after BAMP, I felt weird. I saw the production, felt weird. And then when it was going to be produced again in Toronto, I rewrote it. Right. And then I felt better about it. And then I think that having that second opportunity to get it produced gave me the option to. Yeah. Other times, if I go back and I'm revisiting a work, it's it's because like you know the characters were interesting to me, or yeah. I want to get a sense of you know what 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 would happen to them now with this sort of slightly different lens, and yeah. and that's it, you know. For that part that sort of made you feel like it wasn't quite right, um, yeah. How did the performers and the audience feel about it? Do you think that they felt the same way, or was no? It, it, just it really yeah, it was you? fine. Like it, it actually, it's you know that thing. It's like this. It was. It was. It was for me. It was like this. Uh, the the problem that Game of Thrones is having right now. Mm-hmm. It's almost like all the dialogue is exposition, right. but it, the plot is moving so quickly that it's almost like they're. Like, it's this weird thing <laughs> where it's like. So this, it was this entire. This pl- the play moved. Mm-hmm. Felt like it was moving, and all of a sudden I had this one giant section where I just wanted to explain my research. <laughs> <laughs> These are my research lines. No, and it's all this, true, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's all. This is all exposition. And it literally was just like, man, like literally the play was moving and then it stopped moving. It's like right. now this is you trying to, for some reason, you're trying to prove maybe the integrity of the play or the integrity of the research. Justify so you, it. Justifying right. it. It's all just exposition. Yeah. It doesn't, and it's just like everything ground to a halt. Yeah. So it was sort of like, how do I, you know, so that was, I was like, you know, I got that. Act, and the actors are, especially if a great director and mm-hmm. great actors, they can, they can bail you out. Try to make it work. You know, yeah. and, and, but in the end it was just. And it was just for me. Like, I just, I, yeah. I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't like that part. So I just, I, I changed it for the next production. It's yeah. funny how research can sometimes not help you. Especially yeah. when oh, you're man. so proud of it. You can be like, I'm doing so much oh, research. Boy. I have to get this on, I have to get this on the stage somehow. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, uh, we, uh, a Canadian novelist who, like, uh, um, every novel that I've ever, I've stopped reading his novels because I'm like, well, half of this book is just you explaining your research. It's footnotes. So, yeah. 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 We uh, when uh, uh, we just had this uh, podcast come out, uh, how to how to build a fire uh, that Bruja. Yeah, I was listening to that. That's good. All right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we uh, um, it was uh, Kat and Tom and I sort of like uh, created the story behind that. Kat wrote it, but we got really heavy <laughs> into the research of it. My job was the like for the sci-fi. Uh, my job was the sci, and Tom's job was the fi. Basically, um, and so I was like, so I was like, oh, like I, so I got like into this like rabbit hole of of, of fracking towns and 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 uh, again like like things on things on fire and like the fact that like there are water lights on fire yeah. and uh, they're like they'll, like there's YouTube videos of people like opening a tap and like lighting their whole sink on fire because yeah. methane comes out with the water yeah. essentially, um, and uh, um, but like I got so heavy into that. Uh, that I was just like, no, we should just make this about fracking towns. Like, <laughs> instead of this really interesting sci-fi plot that we came up with, let's just, like, make this about, like, the fact that, isn't that crazy? That water lights on fire? And they're like, no, Danny. No, no. We, we have characters and we have a plot. Um, you also can't really get that across so much in yeah, audio exactly, form. Exactly. Like, it would just yeah. be me you just saying, going, oh my guys, it's crazy! <laughs> Water's on fire! <laughs> it's um, fucking nuts! <laughs> that that just to talk briefly about about that yeah that, that podcast um you, you don't see a lot of like 
audio dramas so much anymore. Yeah. There are a few that I've heard that are trying to recreate, like, in a comic way, the uh, serial, like, adventure stories of, like, the, the early radio. Yeah. Era. It's almost, you almost never hear an audio drama that is, it's a serious story. Right, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, what was it, like, what, how did that particular project mm. come about? Um, well, Cawther approached Cat. Uh, and they they were they were like uh, <laughs> uh, little secret. Whenever anybody approaches Cat, they approach Cat and Tom and myself. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what happens. <laughs> um, do they know that? Or do they, uh, they don't know that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we, like we, we we like Cat. Cat does the writing. She mm. she she writes, and and but uh, Tom and I are her story guys. We we uh, mm-hmm. we um, sort of like make sure that everything works yeah. story-wise we, we we tend to the machine i guess um and uh so um so cat got approached by coffler and uh, and they were like we really want uh, a podcast that's written by you uh and we went into this like insane flurry of like well what's popular of course uh serial is popular um but you know we don't we can't recreate a, an, yeah. a super interesting yeah. like yeah. like weird cold case that yeah. is happening in the United States um, uh, and what we ended up landing on was we were like well let's just do what we do really well like yeah. let's let's write a play and let's just, just adapt it for audio like mm-hmm. let's just do the same thing and we'll serialize it and like it's, it's sort of the same format that we mm. work in uh, all the time um but we got to do a lot more with it. Um, uh, Tom and I got to world build a lot more yeah. uh, and, uh, and figure out like what the backstory of everybody is and how this town works. And, and, uh, um, and uh, uh, originally it was going to be a lot more conceptual. It was going to be all found audio. It was going to mm. be all like picked up from, uh, from uh, a microphone that's bugging this person's house, or picked up from uh, a uh, this person's iPhone, or blah blah blah, and then and 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 eventually we were just like, we want to tell this story in the cleanest way possible, yeah. and uh, and uh, modern audiences, uh, it, because it because the audiobook is or, or because the um, the radio play is not something that people are used to, breaking the form of it right now is not really something that we yeah, should be doing so uh so we were like well let's just do it like classic radio play style and yeah. we'll do like like the the originality of it will come through yeah. in our plot and our characters and our actors and and in um and in in our concept and uh um i think that works i, think. <laughs> I hope it did well it's kind of like you you've got to reintroduce people to the style before you can break it again absolutely yeah yeah mm-hmm. um Hopefully that'll be moving forward. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, audio is a is a kind of a weird medium to work in now. Um, is it? <laughs> <laughs> now I have to now I have to like lower the volume. Like, somebody's going to listen to this on the subway. I'm like <laughs> me screaming in their ear. Yeah. Um, Good. It's actually it's interesting because um, when I think about audio, when I first got like an iPad or sorry an iPod, I listened to nothing but music, and then right. I discovered podcasts. Mm. And I don't listen to music anymore; right, it's yeah. all podcasts. Um, and so it's it's interesting to be able to build on that and to do some some fiction, which is actually really hard to find. Yeah. Uh, except for some some people release their novels as audio books. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's not so awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of, uh, of of 
this play. You were talking about this play being a couple of years old, Jason. Is it is uh, how, how long ago was uh, was Hangman written? Um, it was like 2011, mm. 2012, yeah. 2011. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you were. We talked a bit about about the town that's that's on uh, that's burning for for years. Um, were there were there other uh, inspirations that went into into the play that that, that you uh, that you recall, or did it would it all sprout out of that that town? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was I I did this um, the way that I sort of write the plays in general was that I I don't basically it just starts with that image and then basically it's just the voice the characters speaking, mm-hmm. so I don't even have any. There are no set characters I don't have a set story mm. all I know is that there's this image of this town and I know that this person gets hanged mm. um, and then I started with that and then the first scene that I wrote was um, um, the uh, the scene with Brayden and Alistair in the jail cell yeah. so I wrote that scene and yeah. I was like ooh these guys are juicy <laughs> <laughs> who are, the, like who are these guys. juicy guys <laughs> tell me more and then I just wrote it. I literally wrote it like two days. Like mm. I just wrote, I wrote it, wrote it, wrote it. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then when I had the chance to be at, at Tarragon, then we, then we slowed it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually the impulse is just like, man, I, I basically write as fast as I can. Yeah. I don't see, the characters just emerge literally just as voices. I don't even know what they look like. And by the time it's done, I have like 50 pages, but there's no names. There's, mm. no, there's no character yeah. names. Mm. There's just voices. There isn't even a story I don't feel until you read it. Oh, there is a story. There was a story the entire time. Mm. So mm. that's sort of the, the process. And then for this play, it was, it was, it was a very similar process. It was, a, it was driven by the image. It was driven by these, these voices and these characters. And, and they were very just very vivid to me. So mm. they just couldn't stop talking. So you're not a planner. You don't like sit down and like plan. You don't do the index card thing. You just sort of sit down. No. And yeah. Down. Like uh, the way that I, it's so funny because I can. All, they're like, oh man, you write plays in like a day or two days. But no, I wrote the play like for a month in right. my in my head or right. in my body. Like I mean, I do this thing when I when I was at National Theater School. It was like, you know, I would, I would have like an idea for a scene or a monologue. And I would be like, oh, so stoked to write it down, but I wouldn't because it was like, if it's that good, you'll remember the scene tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and then then and then I won't. And like, so now, for example, I do this thing. I write on my phone, so I'm all like, I just write. I write plays on my phone now. You're like Drake. I'm like Drake. <laughs> I, am, no, I am literally. I am. I'm. I'm like Drake in terms of my creative process. Just, the Blackberry. The Blackberry is no longer. Oh my god. Drake. And I'm also like. I'm. I'm as, Drake, no, yeah. I'm also as soft as Drake. <laughs> I'm 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 baby lotion soft and it's just like and I feel like and it's You're funny hanging I'm hanging out yeah I'm, I know and it's like it's true and I and I write I write on my and it's funny because like you know I remember I, one of my I wrote this I wrote a new trilogy of plays and it literally is about sort of meeting and, yeah. and just love and relationships and meeting so I wrote a trilogy of plays and then the the first play of that trilogy I wrote it on my phone at three o'clock in the morning hmm. but then it, I only did that because I was thinking about those two forever yeah. yeah and I'm like on my phone like I'm, on, I'm in my room on my phone at 3 I'm and my partner is in bed and she's like going, what are you doing and I'm like I'm, 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 I'm writing sli- a play yeah. I'm creating art yeah I'm sliding into some of the people's DMs right now like <laughs> clearly what are you doing up it's 3am like you shouldn't know about my shady activities but uh, I was writing a play so yeah. it's like and even though I wrote it really quickly that night I emailed it to myself I wrote that play for a while like a mm. month two yeah. months in my, yeah. my body Part of, me, part of me gets like we say, you know, I get this idea for a monologue and I don't write it down. Part of me, as a writer, just gets because <gasps> I'm always like, I, this is an idea and I need to write it down yeah. or I could forget it. 
but it's it's an interesting thought that that like if it's good you'll remember it. Absolutely, man. Like like I I, I always yeah. say like I do I do a lot of my writing when I'm either walking around or I'm um, I'm on the streetcar. Yeah, that's it. When I don't have the opportunity to write anything down because yeah. that's when like or or do anything else like when I don't have external stimulus because uh, because that's when I do my thinking. And and it'll be an idea that pops up and pops up and pops up that yeah. like that's it. It's yeah. a relentless thought. Yeah. What yeah. I find for myself is movement helps mm-hmm. so much. Like sitting down at a computer with oh. a notebook is only oh. going to get you so far. Oh boy. And if you <laughs> if you if you don't get up and move, your bo- your mind stays as sedentary as your mm-hmm. body. Yeah. So sometimes if I get stuck, I'm like, well. Gonna be walking for for an hour or so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's it. I've I've become obsessed with Tony Robbins <laughs> because like he's 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 a fucking genius, yeah. and I love him. And he has that exact thing where it's like you know motion motion creates yeah. emotion, and and get up, and then mm. rev yourself up, and like you know don't let fear take hold of you. And yeah. I'm, not, and I'm, I'm as I watch my ninth Tony Robbins video, <laughs> like at my desk at work, like like, like dying on the inside. I go, man, Tony, you did it again. Time. You did it again. Like it's so good. It's like fantastic. So yeah. I love it. So you're, I won't ask you what it is, but you you're a playwright with day job, like so many of us are. Um, you have a desk. You said that. Are you? Do you find? I'm just. I don't want to be like. So what do you do for a living? But it's like, <laughs> like I work in tech and I have a desk and right. I spend eight hours, sometimes more, of the day. Yeah. Like having to think about something that's not. Yeah. What I want to be thinking about. Um, and sometimes I'm okay with it, and sometimes I'm like, fuck. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. How do you manage the 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 split life of the the desk jockey writer? Well, no, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I have like, um, uh, my desk job is actually pretty fun. Like, yeah. I, I, I have, uh, I work for Now Magazine, so okay. I, 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 I lead engagement in Now, and my job is to basically go out there and engage the community. Oh, that's great. And engage clients, etc. So it's a really fun job. So now all my plays are about me working in Now Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your play? What's your play about, Jay? Yeah. It's about me having a meeting at Costco. <laughs> yeah. It was phenomenal. Uh, the sequel is about me at Leon's, and it's like, holy <laughs> jay, like, you know me. It's about new play, now. Wow. I know, it's like, it's called, like... It got five M's, it had to. It had to, it it's had like, to. what are you going to do, Glenn? How can you give me any less? Yeah. I see you every Thursday. So it's, it's like... It's a play about you. It's a play about you, so it's like, so it's funny, because I, I, and I, 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 for me, it's sort of like, you know, how do you build sort of a really fun, just creative life yeah. that touches all other aspects of what you do? Yeah. So it's like if you can do that and 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 still feel like you wanna, you know, be creative and write, then that's a, that's yeah. a really amazing thing. And I, mm-hmm. and I do. I still I still love writing. Yeah, that's a, so important. So so it's important that you like enjoy your job because when you're, if your job makes you die inside, it's so hard. To <laughs> my job doesn't. I no, want to no. make sure for my coworkers, <laughs> possibly my boss. I actually really love my job. Just there are days. And there are always days. You know there are days. We all have days. Anyway. No, I, I now that the cover your ass is done. <laughs> no, I, 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 I cry myself to sleep every night, man. Like that's just my life in life. general, man. It's life. It's like when you're on the streetcar and you're thinking and oh, you're writing. Man. It's like it's hard. It's like could you imagine like just being on the streetcar and like I'm like you're writing Hangman in your head. And you're like, oh god, what a bad day for that dude. Like and now I gotta write it down. Like that guy oh, had a shit. really bad day. Oh man, so that's great. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alistair. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm man. Sorry. 
I sort of like you were talking about writing that that play on your phone. See, I'm a I'm not a great phone typer. Right. I do not do well. Like I keep trying to be better typing on my phone, but yeah. I think it's a fascinating thing. Like to touch screens, man. They're so phone, hard. But I can't. Like the touch screen just fucks me up. I'm the same way, man. Uh, <laughs> you obviously have some kind of trick that you've learned to for the phone typing. Oh man, like you know, I just like you know, it's like I'm I I, I live on my phone, man. It's like, <laughs> do you keep predictive text on when you no, when you were playing play? I, when or I, you turn I, it off. It's, it's off, but it, it gives suggestions. Mm. Right. But it's funny because like you know, it's like you know, I'll be like working on my play. And then sending a DM, <laughs> and then like, and then sending a mass text, yeah. and then sending an email. Like, it's like the like I I'm obsessed with my phone and writing plays and Instagram. Like I just <laughs> it's like it's it's my home away from home, man. Yeah, man. Don't take it away from me. <laughs> You're just writing on the notes. Yeah, notes, notes. Yeah, just notes. I just write on notes and then I email it to myself. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm always like, what app for writing plays? And that's actually like, like, why do you need to format it? Yeah, man. You're just writing it. You know? <laughs> it's like, I have an app where it's like, I, I speak into it and it writes it down and I get a British accent. Oh, man. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> the, thing, the thing with Not the, 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 uh, the writing it, like speaking into it and writing it down, they only have like, the ones that I found, it's like you talk for like a minute and then it's like, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. Yeah. I need to be able to talk for like five minutes. I need a minutes. secretary. Just, I want a, a robot dictate. secretary. That's I what do. I want. I want yeah. a robot secretary so I can just dictate stuff. Yeah. Siri, be, be better. Be, be better. Oh, man. Um, so Hangman opens uh, May the 13th. May the 13th. It opens on Friday the 13th. Oh my gosh! You yeah. ask for something right? better. For oh, right? so, so good, right? so good. <laughs> That's at the storefront in Toronto. Uh, storefront in Toronto, uh, Bloor and Delaware, uh, nine five five uh, Bloor Street. Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, the storefront has been uh, fostering a uh, a very interesting uh, indie scene for for the past like three four years, and um, and. I'm fortunate enough that they that they've sort of gotten behind me this year, uh, and um, uh, they, you know, like I, <laughs> the sexy Rex, me doing sexy rap was was actually accidental. Um, it was because uh, sexy Rex asked me, but um, uh, the storefront has gotten behind me. I'm I'm uh, they have a play that I've written that that is going up uh, with, as part of their playwrights unit. Oh, wow. They they're Great. pushing me for uh, for uh, for this. Um, they it's a it's a breeding ground for for new ideas, mm. and uh, and um, it's it's uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's really great what they're doing, and uh, when, uh, <laughs> hopefully when Hangman goes up, uh, it proves that. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has been this has been great. Um, are you guys on on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not on Twitter. Not on Twitter. Are you not no. a, how are you so, not on Twitter? So, I I can't be on my phone that much and be on Twitter. That's, I'll, that's uh, fair. I yeah, would torch my life. I was like, so just Instagram for you. Yeah, just Instagram. Now you do you actually have an Instagram account? Do you post or are you just a lurker? I post. Instagram? I post mostly lurk. Yeah, <laughs> you see what? This is the greatest <laughs> interview ever. So good. All my all my shit's on blast, man. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind, man. It's like. <laughs> Will you share your your Instagram? Uh, uh, yeah, J Maganoy, M A G H A N O Y. Yeah. And uh, on Twitter, uh, Twitter, I'm at Spoony Dan, S P O N Y D A N. It's a nickname that I got in, in theater school. Uh, <laughs> and on on Instagram, I'm at Danquo. Like Banquo, 
but with a D, because <laughs> uh, as as much as there are a lot of people out there that say that I hate Shakespeare, I actually love Shakespeare. Um, yeah. We should we should have at some we'll point talk about that at some point. Talk about both that and, and, and Spoonie Dan, but um, <laughs> we should, we should, this has been great. Thank yeah. you so much, guys. Thank Cheers, you so no much. Problem.